here's where you have to know how to drop your golf ball. Sure speeds up play when you have those drop areas. Fowler has dropped the ball twice. The Shambo is going to get a free drop. Something bad has happened if we end up here. This is the drop zone. Welcome in, folks. This is Sean Zock, your captain of the drop zone speaking. Joined, as always, by Dylan DeChair. I am calling in from Chicago because... Look, I was a little preoccupied with the wedding this weekend. Dylan is calling in from Charlotte, of course, from an Airbnb at the President's Cup. Dylan, you look good, but it's late there. How tired are you? How fun was today? Oh, man. Um, No, I feel good. I feel good. I've got some fast food and some cookout takeout waiting for me upstairs, so I'm excited for that. Um, Today was good. I'm curious if you're the captain of the drop zone what that makes me if i'm in um kind of like a mike weir assistant captainship role maybe but yeah i think that today was great i think that there was a moment today that was really the peak of the president's cup where it all for a second felt like it was in limbo and that's basically all you can ask for in singles um, is to have a moment like that. Hope you know, in a perfect world, it extends and it keeps going. The U.S. took care of business. They showed that they and the internationals each were who we thought they were. Uh, but there's still a lot to unpack from from in there. So, Sean, I'm glad to be here with you. Good. Well, before we unpack all of it, and rest assured, we will. We get to tell you, good folks, about the clothes that Dylan was wearing all week down in Charlotte. What were you wearing, Dylan? I was wearing Radmore golf, Sean. I was wearing my Radmore gear. It's funny, actually, this morning I was standing by the range and who should come by but Fred Couples, um, fellow fan of mm. Seattle. And he said, oh man, what's that logo on your on your hoodie there? Or excuse me, crew neck. Um, and he was like, oh, I know someone else is wearing that. Jamie Mulligan. Of course, Jamie Mulligan coach of Patrick Cantlay, coach of Jess Corda, of Nelly Corda, also a giant Radmore fan. So you can now, and, and Fred was like, man, I really like that. So you can add Fred Couples to the list. Fans of Radmore, we're going to try to get him some drop zone gear. Um, but you, the people at home, can get your hands on some Radmore gear of your own. Head to radmoregolf.com. That's R-A-D-M-O-R golf.com. You'll see why. I mean, we've got a new line dropping any minute now. The fall collection coming out. Get your hoodies, get your crew necks, um, get your comfy pants for the fall golf season. Radmoregolf.com. Use code DROPZONE at checkout for 25% off. All righty, Dylan. Uh, I watched the President's Cup through my television screen. And so I had way worse view than you had, Um, but I watched a good amount of it. I saw the Americans go up very early. I saw a little bit of the internationals like really fight back. I saw most of that kind of on Twitter with Tom Kim highlights. Uh, And then I watched a lot of the Sunday singles, which frankly, like you said, there was a moment. There was a short moment. It might have been 15 minutes long. It might have been just been 10 or 12 minutes long where it was like, holy cow, it could happen again. <laughs> if we're not careful here, it could happen again. So I'm curious, what did I miss down there on the grounds? When I was back home watching on television, what was I missing? Man, I think you were probably just missing the feeling to some extent, the sounds on the ground. I I think more literally, if you were at a wedding on 
Saturday evening, then you really missed the peak of the President's Cup uh, from the international team's perspective, which was what happened when first Tom Kim and then Cam Davis hold putts on the 18th hole. And when Cam Davis's putt went in uh, to secure a 3-1 win for that session to get the internationals back within four points, they ran onto the green and all celebrated together like they had just clinched the cup. <laughs> and it's funny, even JT said this in the, the U.S. presser afterwards, like you can kind of lose track of what's happening because of what's just happened in the latest session. So he felt like in that moment, okay, hold on. We got to remember we're still winning. And not only were they winning, they're winning by mm -hmm. four points, which is it's not insurmountable as we've seen. Um, but it's certainly a big, big, big lead to take into singles. So that was the, the best stretch came on Saturday. That's when the vibes were the highest. That's when the tension was highest. And it took it from a blowout and just an American celebration, which is how it felt Thursday and Friday, to an actual golf tournament worth watching. That was great. One thing I really want to understand is like watching from my perspective, it was all these highlights. It was Tom Kim thumping his chest and mm -hmm. Siwoo Kim doing his thing and Cam Davis doing his thing. And so that all, if the Europeans were doing that in the Ryder Cup on American soil, that doesn't really go over well with the home crowd, but was it a little different? Like, was the fact that that they were underdogs pulling these things off kind of, uh, I don't know, engendering them to the crowd? Were people starting to really yeah. kind of come around on the fact that, like, hey, like this is better if it gets closer, even if the Americans' blowout hopes were and I put on ice. Yeah, I think two important notes there. One is that the crowds were massive. The people of Charlotte turned out in a big way. Uh, they sold out. There are 40,000 people on you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So people were, uh, people were there, first of all, and they were happy to be there, second of all. I mean, the weather was good. Um, the people of Charlotte, they really dress up for this thing. It's like the Kentucky Derby out there. So they were happy. And then I think the Americans were winning by so much that there wasn't really anything the internationals could do that would really piss off the home fans. Um, you know, same with the players. I mean, there was a moment that kind of summed it up on the 14th green on Friday when Tom Kim was playing against uh, the team of Xander and Cantlay. Tom Kim makes this putt for birdie to go from five down with five to play to four down with four to play. And you would think he just won the <laughs> freaking major championship because he roared and uh, fist pumped and no one else really was clapping because that's kind of the MO. There was not a lot of applause for international shots, but all it did was, yeah, extend his uh, match for another hole before ultimately getting finished off. And even Xander and Cantley were just kind of laughing at each other. They were like, kind of like, who is this guy? And Tom Kim <laughs> uh, definitely won over the crowd eventually. Uh, once people got oriented with how he was going to behave, I think people really loved it. They leaned into it. Um, so yeah, the, f the fans were receptive. Were the vibes zapped at all? Like on Friday when it got up to 8-2, when it was like, hey, all those hopes of this thing being a competition, 
not going to be when the Americans went up so much. Did the energy kind of suck out of the room a little bit? It did a little bit, but it's one of those things where if I spent any time in the media center or like looking at Twitter, then yeah, I mean, existential crisis. How are we going to fix this event? <laughs> you know, this whole thing is broken, et cetera, et cetera. If I went outside, it was a bunch of happy fans sitting in the sun, eating barbecue sandwiches, drinking beer, watching their favorite golfers play. And so, no, I mean, they, it, it was not really dampened at all on the grounds, which, and I was expecting it to be more so. So I guess that's why yeah. I'm saying that is, is that I was a little bit surprised by uh, just how good the vibes on site still were. I'm glad that you explained it that way because this is my, finally my time to kind of get some thoughts off. I was annoyed this week at everyone, potentially online and elsewhere, suggesting that this event needs to change in some great fashion because that implies that it, it currently doesn't matter. Like if, if, if it is lacking in something, then it deserves change. People will say that it is lacking in a competition, but we spoke about it being a competition today. The last time the President's Cup existed, it was an incredible competition. And, you know, a lot of people actually at that wedding and elsewhere <laughs> throughout the week said that Trevor Emmelman interview was really good. Like, I really like that guy. Uh, and it, if you remember what Emmelman told us, he's like, this is not a joke. We really care about this competition. And so I was just curious if it felt like that amount of care was reciprocated by the fans because then we don't need to change this thing at all. I don't want the president's cup to change. I think it plays a hugely important role for team USA at large for whatever team USA means. Like the Ryder cup is kind of like the Olympics for team USA basketball and like the FIBA world championships are the president's cup. We want to win all these things. It's a big deal if we don't win any of them but one kind of feeds into the other and uh, it's at any given point, like a very good status check on team USA health uh, for the, the health of team USA golf, the health of team international golf. And so, yeah, I, I was just annoyed when anyone wanted to change this thing this week, because I think the ratings are going to be good. I think generally people really, really cared about this event. And if people care about it in person, I think it's kind of a home run all around. I think that there are tweaks you could make um, and we can get into those, but by and large, I agree with you. I think they have done such a good job of really getting this group together, um, of turning, you know, a, a disparate group of countries, like people from several different continents into, into this collective identity of international golfers that play on the PGA tour. Um, and I think it's an important stage for these guys because they are some of the top golfers in the world, but they don't necessarily benefit from the same level of easy exposure. Like Sung Im probably doesn't get his due just playing week in, week out no. on the PGA Tour. And and if you think about this week, the guys that we really got to know, Siwoo Kim back on people's radar because he was such a cool personality this week. Um Obviously, Tom Kim completely stole the show. K.H. Lee, who we can we can forget, is actually the man. 
Um, it just was a cool opportunity for these guys to get their shine in the same way that, you know, without the Ryder Cup, we wouldn't appreciate Ian Poulter for being who he is. These match play events show a different side of these guys. And I think it's important that these dudes get that too. Let's talk about what you were saying before we press record. You were kind of basically relenting the fact that what does this all mean tomorrow? (laughs) Uh, the president's comp has ended and you think the the legacies of certain players are burnished in one way or another, but you're almost not quite sure who, like, what do we make of Kevin Kisner that we didn't know a week ago? We know, I guess, what to make of Tom Kim moving forward. It's sure is great that Max Homa, one of the 15 best golfers in the world played like it this week. Uh, but there can be a sense of meaningless to it. At least that's what you were kind of arguing. Yeah, I think when we when we do these pods after majors that we're at, when we talk about uh, Cam Smith's career, Rory's career after the Open at St. Andrews, that's a little bit more familiar territory in terms of legacy um, and the way we think about things like that. But when you look at this week, you know, someone like uh, Sam Burns going 0-3-2 this week. It's not really going to stick with Sam Burns. It reminds me of, you know, if Carmelo Anthony has a, a couple off nights. If if during their run to Olympic gold, he doesn't play that well, shoots 30% from the field. That's not necessarily going to change, you know, your legacy. But how he plays in an NBA finals, that's a little bit more familiar territory. So I guess that's just kind of what I mean. I think this is a without a doubt, an important tournament. Um, I think in some ways making the team is the most important part because that's my favorite thing about the President's Cup and Ryder Cup is it allows us to pick these all NBA teams of golf, basically. It allows Mm -hmm. us to crystallize and cement. These are the dudes and we have the dudes and we got to see them. We got to see the way they interact. Um, We got to see how they play under the gun because I mean, that's another takeaway of being there in person. There is so much pressure on these guys. There's so much attention. And there's a moment, as much as the attention goes to who goes out first, who sets the tone, etc. If you go out last, everyone on the course is watching you when you're finishing. And those putts, first from Max Homa, uh, then from Tom Kim and Cameron Davis that brought down the house on the 18th green, those were basically viewed by everyone that was still watching golf on property. Mm-hmm. And even little things from that, like Max Homa, Max Homa, after Taylor Pendrith has made a putt right in his face on the 18th green, Max then going through his entire aim point routine, studying the, you know, there's, you just have to stay in your routine, stick to what you know. Um, and basically block out the rest of the world and seeing these guys do that or try to do it was really, really cool. And for the most part, very impressive. Yeah. I love that. Let's go through some grades. If you want to add or take away from some guys' legacies, Mm, we're going to give them to chair grades because (laughs) you watched more of it than anybody really this week. Uh, I've got a bunch of random things that I think mattered and some of them definitely didn't matter, but I want to get your take on just a letter grade from all of them. You can go into pluses and minuses, whatever you want to do. Um, 
But let's start with the man we had on the podcast last week, Trevor Immelman. What is his grade for the week? Oh, man. I think that his he may be the trickiest one to grade of everyone here, right? How do you grade a, a losing captain? Um, Who is also just a darling of the week. I mean, such a darling. Like, people loved him. I mean, if you could separate it out, the way he commanded the room, the way he talked, the way he talked about his guys with so much loyalty and so much affection. I mean, straight up A+. I think given the results and given the way they started, given the way they came slow out of the gates, I think I would give Trevor Immelman a B plus overall. I mean, they, they did lose by five points. There has to be an adjustment for that. Yeah. But given <laughs> the obstacles that they were up against, they covered the spread um so you know good teams cover at least um i think the americans were favored by six and a half so yeah trevor immelman b plus really liked the way he talked about his guys i like that you are not giving him an a minus i thought you were going to give him an a minus and we can't be giving out a minuses to people who lost frankly uh let's move on to someone who won xander shoffley what is a grade for another big drop zone fan yeah, another recent drop zone guest. Um Xander gets a Xander also gets a B plus, actually. He fits right in that category. Uh he did not play well in his singles match today. He clinched the cup, but you know, <laughs> it was not his best golf. He he even said himself he really needed some help down the stretch. Um, and that's what he got. He was even par through nine holes and three up over Corey Connors, who maybe we'll get to, but played some reprehensible golf this week. And it really felt for him because every time he stepped over an important putt, it did not go well. But anyway, that's a different guy. Xander played well, um, lost a crucial, well, lost a, a much scrutinized match with Patrick Cantlay on Saturday afternoon and mm-hmm. um yeah and didn't get to play Saturday morning. Do I have that right? Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. It was weird. Um so yeah, B plus for Xander. Um moving on. See Woo Kim, who came into the week, I don't think a lot of people Gosh, had the biggest expectations for him. He was definitely in the middle of the pack for the internationals team. But lo and behold, he's the one going out first for internationals on Sunday and slaying the dragon that is Justin Thomas. So what do you give Siwoo? I've got Siwoo at a full-on A. Um, I know he went 3-1. and one. He did have a loss in there, but I think it's a shame he didn't play all five matches. Uh, after going out and getting a point in the very first session, getting sat for the second session, I thought that was a bit of a miss. Siwoo shushing the crowd on 15 <laughs> on Sunday Legend. against Justin Thomas. JT in the in the presser tonight, he said that pissed him off in the moment, and you could see it. Good. Uh, you could see it in real time, and I thought, God, that may have that was awesome, but that may have been a competitive mistake because. JT is he seems like kind of a petty guy that is able to channel that sort of thing. Sure enough, stuffed it to two or three feet for birdie on 17 to draw the match to tied. And then 18, God, Siwoo just drained that birdie putt. And in match play, Cold. first ball in, a lot of the time wins. So 
yep. making that birdie putt and then watching JT's just slide by. Good for him. Uh, he earned it. I would say if you are a drop zone listener and you go to a tour event in the next 12 months, go watch Siwoo Kim play because I, I used to like calling this guy Mr. Trage. He works the ball in ways that uh, I think you just have to see to really appreciate. He was in the group that I uh, caddied in a couple years ago with Martin Trainer, and the guy was just hitting sh- like these low burner tee shots, these wicked draws, and holding shots off in the wind. And it's just like he's just a ball striking fiend. So, you know, if you're out there at the Arnold Palmer Invitational and it's early on Thursday morning, you're like, who should we go watch? Go find Siwoo Kim. Let's move on to the first tee grandstand, Dylan. There might be no uh, more inanimate object that matters more at President's Cups and Ryder Cups, this first tee grandstand. Uh, People make a big deal about it. This one felt weird to me. Uh, I'm going to let you grade it in a second, but the whole entrance way of walking through kind of what looked to be strictly a VIP area through the tunnel and then out into the kind of um, gladiator arena was both cool and a little off-putting because it's like you kind of wanted people to get psyched up by that tunnel and it was just people like reaching out for a couple high fives and kind of lacked life. I thought it was going to have more life to it. What would you give the first T grandstand? Uh, I thought it was, I actually thought it was pretty good. I, I think it's a solid B. I think what they didn't, what they did, which was nice, was they didn't make it too, too big so that they could still fill it. I mean, I think the first morning, uh, first morning, it was not completely full because it was literally, I mean, well over 100 degrees in those bleachers. Like I'm talking like 120 degrees. It was uninhabitable to really spend any time there. But the rest of the week, it was bumping and it was a good scene. Tom Kim got the people riled up. Every time a U.S. player appeared through uh, that tunnel, the fans would go nuts. So I thought it was a good scene, if not a great scene. I think it's a hard thing. I think that grandstand is a tough thing to really nail. It's tough to nail the soundtrack. It's tough to know how much to let people chill versus like pumping them up. Um, I didn't spend a ton of time there. I was hanging way more at the range than over in the first uh T area, but yeah, solid B. I just think, you know, that entrance, there was supposed to be this great entrance that you go through this tunnel with theoretically fans on either side of you. I just like imagined something like Cameron Indoor, where you've got the students like reaching out over the boundary line and kind of mm, like touching players. Yeah. That would be fun. Um, but we'll save that for Royal Montreal or Beth Page Black or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Let's grade Justin Thomas. JT is, he's kind of the captain in the room. He kind of took on, a, I think, a greater meeting this week and a, a greater role potentially. Dustin Johnson is no longer there. JT is kind of, he feels like the speaker of the team in many ways. He's also just probably the best player on the team if we're really going to boil it down. So he went four and one this week. Uh, four zero and one, or whatever, however you want to mention it. Do we give him a A minus? Four one and zero by my count. Yeah, that's exactly right. JT's an A minus, uh, arguably even an A. I mean, he didn't 
lose to Siwoo. He got beat. Siwoo came and got it. He birdied 16, birdied 18. Um, so, yeah, JT starting out the week 4-0 is more than enough to uh, to make me think that he deserves he deserves something over the 90% range. Uh, he had a great week and just didn't have quite enough to join his buddy at 5-0-0. Oh oh. Uh, then let's just go right to his buddy, Jordan Spieth. Is it an A+, plus, A++, plus plus, 100%? It's an A, yeah, it's an A+. Plus, and I want to point out two reasons why, Sean. For one thing, I talked to Spieth at the beginning of the week. And I said, look, man, what is it, what's it like to be back you know, you missed the 2019 President's Cup. I know that that really bummed you out. What what was that like and what's this like? And he brought up a moment from the 2019 Hero World Challenge where everyone at that tournament, essentially everyone at that tournament, was flying from there down to Australia on the team plane. And Spieth, you know, he'd planned a trip with his wife and, and they were going to go have a good time. But he said it it sucked. Um, he said it sucked to have them flying away and for him not to be involved. And he said, look, they had a nice trip, but he probably wasn't the most fun to be around that week. Um, so to be here, to know that he'd clawed his way back and then a to play so well, but B to slay the dragon of finally winning a singles match, which was this weird anomaly that he was Oh six and one in these singles matches for him to get that done. Uh, takes it from an A to an A plus. All right. A plus for Jordan Spieth. Let's pause for a second to tell you about fairway jockey folks. I know you've heard us talk about fairway jockey and custom cub fitting and custom club fitting on this show. But we also know that sometimes you do that and you get hit with a bit of sticker shock. You're like, holy cow, this is this is going to really hit the bank account um, when the price for that new set is just, I don't know, $100, $200 more than your budget. That's where Fairway Jockey comes in because you can simply upload the specs that you received from your fitting to fairwayjockey.com and you can buy the same clubs for up to 15% off. So kind of just do your research, go get your club fitting, Go to fairwayjockey.com, then you get your discount. No sticker shock. It's really that easy. Upload and save at fairwayjockey.com. Spend better, score better. Dylan, let's talk about someone who scored better than the first tee grandstand. (laughs) Tom Kim. Tom Kim was the life of the party, right? Like if this whole thing was a party, everyone was thinking about talking about Tom Kim. What's funny is that I felt... I felt like we were expecting that. Like I felt like there was a lot of discussion about this kid, this 20, 20 year old kid played his way onto the team. We kind of expected him to show up and be the life of the party. And then he somehow lived up to it and more, at least if you're following Twitter from my perspective. So uh, was it as fun in real life as it seemed online? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I already mentioned the moment where he was screaming when he was five down, but he just didn't turn it off. And I think <laughs> those of us that are golf sickos and just extremely aware of this stuff and and of Tom knew what to expect to some extent, uh, definitely not to the full extent, but a lot of the fans on site just had no idea who he was. This was Tom Kim's coming out party. And 
Uh, I talked to him actually right after he finished his match today, and I wrote about this for golf.com. He was devastated. Everyone on site, essentially, everyone watching thought of this as Tom Kim's coronation. But, you know, he was just so bummed that he'd given up a three-up lead to Homa in his singles match. Uh, he said he was sad that he hadn't contributed more to the team. Uh, he finished the week at two and three, so he had a losing record, and he seemed to take that really personally. So he said there were a lot of good lessons, but, you know, he was bummed. Um, so I guess when you have higher expectations for yourself than anybody else does, then that's probably a good thing for your success. Uh, Tom Kim, I guess, based off those three losses, you can't give him an A. But if you take his whole week as a collective, um, I guess you you got you give him a B for performance, and you bump that up to a B plus for just overall vibes. Nice. Yeah, good, good. Vibes are important here on the chair scale. One thing I'd like to get a just random grade on is the uniforms. How oh. good or bad were the uniforms this week? Jog your memory to think about what guys wore. I know that the the internationals wore beige on Saturday. They wore black on Sunday. The Americans wore baby blue over white on Thursday, which gave, I don't know, got high remarks from me, uh, brought out the Navy sweater vests on Friday. I believe it was, uh, I thought it was pretty good all around, but what did you think? I thought it was decent. Um, red and blue don't always really do it for me. I think that that can be like a challenging hmm. clashing thing. Um, Big I really, I, I really like the way that the internationals have finally settled on team colors. Cause that was a, such an issue for, so it, they would just show up in like orange some days and like, you know, blue, and then it would be green and yellow Depending and, on where they were playing too. Like they'd go yellow and green down in Australia and yep. they'd do something different up in Canada. So black and yellow, they, they have some good combinations, um, for that. So uh, I wasn't as crazy about the baby blue and white as what? you were for the U.S. team. So I, no, nothing really super inspired me. I didn't think that they were that great. I'm going uh, C plus for the Americans oh, and tough. B for the internationals. That is tough. Um, okay. I got to prove people that I'm a hard grader here. <laughs> uh, Scotty Scheffler, not on his own, but with Sam Burns as a duo. Everyone was talking about how good they could be as a duo. They are best friends. They go snorkeling on vacation together. They are two of the, I guess, brightest stars up and coming on the PGA Tour, guys, in their mid-20s. They both won a bunch this year, but they didn't win a bunch this week. But also, they ran into buzzsaws from what I could tell. So how did they perform as a pair? They were kind of like that buddy in your fantasy football league that's like, God damn it, I scored the third most points <laughs> in the league this week. I would have beaten every other team, but the guy I was playing, that's what happened to mm. Scotty and Sam Burns. Um, they both played good golf in stretches. Sam Burns definitely played better golf than Scotty Scheffler. Scotty was pretty off. He missed a lot of crucial putts. He did not play, you know, he made way more mistakes than we're used to him making. He had one notable shank um in a somewhat of a crucial moment so yeah they they were victims of circumstance but when you're the number one golfer in the world you make your own circumstances so 
Uh, I'm inclined to give Scotty a. I mean, Scotty, Scotty got a a D from me, and <laughs> Sam Burns got a, a C minus. Holy cow, that's tough. That's uh, harsh for Sam because he definitely played way better than that. I recognize that. I guess maybe let's go for a C and a D. Just you know, sometimes the smartest kids in class, the teacher just grades them the harshest. You know, mm, you expectations factor in. Sure. Uh, the expectations for Adam Scott were kind of low because he was the oldest guy playing. He is the oldest guy on the international team. He's played. This was his tenth Presidents Cup, and frankly, we weren't really sure. That he was always going to be here. We thought he might join Live Golf earlier this season. He made it clear to you and to the rest of the world that he's not ready to do that this week. But he also didn't play that great a golf. I, th- I think he had a pretty impassioned performance maybe Saturday afternoon. But beyond that, does Adam Scott break the C average mark for you? Yeah, I think he's just above it because... God, he's just the best. Freaking, <laughs> Wait, I love Adam please, Scott. I please want, give us multiple reasons why he's just the best. He's just the best because this week we were admiring the way that Roger Federer is and everything about him. And in terms of um, just the way he carries himself and has a level of cool that's elevated above essentially everyone else in the sport. Adam Scott is unmatched. So just his general vibe, swagger, walking around, definitely bumps him up a grade. Um, whether that's fair or not, I'm the grader. Adam Scott went two and three. Uh, he rode Cam Davis to an inspiring win at the end of uh, Saturday afternoon's match. Uh, he did not have much of a showing against Patrick Cantlay on Sunday. That was disappointing to see. And because of that, he's going to be a B minus for me. I would say that is generous, but I am not the grader here. Let's move on to a very random one. What would you grade Billy Horschel's decision to not wear a hat? Ooh, um, honestly, A. (laughs) A for Billy Horschel not wearing a hat. Because if Billy Horschel wears a hat, you don't notice him this week. You get an, an occasional highlight of him flipping his putter but otherwise he just disappears instead people are like man this guy looks like christian bale in uh what's that movie american psycho <laughs> yeah oh he looks like a total psychopath <laughs> well yeah so for better or worse but i mean he looked like uh he looked like patrick bateman would be the character the you're looking for mm, okay well i think he also looked like christian bale in some other movie then i haven't seen it <laughs> Anyway, he had a well, Christian a Bale doesn't look, look any different. He's still the same person. Let's let's move on. You're giving him an A. <laughs> a. Also generous. Uh your boy, Max Homa. A plus. I mean, right. what what can you say? Four and O, incredibly well spoken, elevated the entire event, delivered the signature moment for the US team. Hard to do better than that. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Uh you could not point to one thing Max Homa did this entire week and be like, gosh, what was up with that? <laughs> he literally came back from three down today and beat Tom Kim uh, in a match that frankly didn't matter. Here's one thing. What do you think about getting sat while you're 3-0? and Because it felt a little bit to me like, I mean, I know it's not that rare for guys to go 5-0, and but it's still pretty rare. 
kind of feels like pulling a guy in like the sixth inning of a no hitter. Didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, managerial overthinking for sure, especially if you have a gigantic lead, the likes of which the Americans had. Pretty weird move. Um, I he's just he's earned it in my mind. I'm old school that way. I don't think you're old school. I think you're rational. Uh, I think this is something that happens in the modern era of Ryder Cups when analytics dive into decision-making, which generally I'm very in favor of. Um, but at some point, that's prevent defense. That's, I don't want anyone on this team to get tired. I don't want to sacrifice even a half point on Sunday singles if Max Home was going to be beat after playing four rounds in three days. Um, but it's definitely overthinking it at the President's Cup where you play just a little bit on Thursday and a little bit on Friday and then two rounds Saturday, like it's generally going to be okay. But at the same time, I call this event and events like it the hindsight Olympics, because you can, you can poke your way through any methodology. Uh, four players have to sit 33% of your team has to sit for that for each session on Saturday. That's just tough. Um, let's give out a grade to the Canadian golfers. That's an F, Sean. I hate to say it, but that's just a failing grade. Um, you talk about a guy in, in Taylor Pendrith, who I had really high hopes for coming into this week. He His course fit was really, really good. He actually didn't play. He didn't play terrible golf. He just played poor situational golf. And so maybe he shouldn't be failing. Um, Corey Connors played some of the worst golf I think of, of his professional life. He was just well over par in several sessions. He looked really uncomfortable over big pressure putts. Hopefully this was a learning experience for both of them. They were both delightful guys. They took it on the chin. They spoke to the media after, um, but just was disappointing to see Canada, a great golf country go collectively. Oh, and eight. Yeah, that's tough. Last question. Foursomes or four ball? That'd be alternate shot or best ball. What is the better format? First of all, first of all, we need to change the names. Drop the foursomes four ball thing. It's confusing as hell. Um, <laughs> tie was a good development instead of all square, and this would be a good development also. Alternate shot is a much superior format. I think both have their merits. But going from alternate shot to best ball in morning and afternoon, that feels like actually something you've taught me, Sean. Um, it feels like when you're going from listening to a podcast at 1.5 speed back to one speed, it's so much slower, the best ball. And mistakes feel much less costly because your teammate is typically there to bail you out. So it's much more of like a, a birdie aggregation game instead of all shot, which is so sick. I mean, you have yeah. the thrill of normal golf plus the thrill of match play plus the thrill of alternate shot where you're relying on your teammate to bail you out. Um, alternate shot is just such a fun format. Lovely. That was the 2022 Presence Cup. Dylan, do you have any other thoughts that you need to get off your chest? Shout out to Siwoo Kim. Shout out to Sebastian Munoz. I would say, uh, deserves a strong, strong grade. Only got to play three matches, earned two and a half points. Tough to do much better than that. Um, the unsung hero took down Scotty Scheffler twice. So 
hell of a week for for uh, Sebastian. And yeah, good job, Charlotte. Good event. Let's do it again in two years. All right. Well, before we close, I would like to say good job to a particular Drop Zone listener who reached out with fan mail. Dylan, I think this is our first literal, physical fan mail. You and I have been invited to somebody's wedding. And I'm going to read oh, off. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to read off exactly who. It is Ian and Jenna. I think his last name is Ian Fox. Uh, they're getting married on Sunday, October 23rd, Dylan. Uh, close to your birthday. You want to go celebrate your birthday with the Foxes? I'm going to be away, but I actually really do. Um, <laughs> taking a trip, doing a little vacation. Unfortunately, not in the same region. All right. Well, Ian and Jenna are getting married in Iowa. Not too far from where I live. Unfortunately, I will also be away. But... They wrote in this note, and I just need to read it to you to get your reaction. Hello, Sean. Big Drop Zone fan here. Also a fellow Packer fan and Badger graduate. You, Dylan, and your friends are how I get through Mm -hmm. a lot of my... They are how I get a lot of my golf news on my commute from Lincoln to Omaha. Shout out to the Nebraska folks. The Drop Zone is always good stuff. As a sign of gratitude, because you guys are 100% celebrities in my book... I'd like to invite you both to my wedding. Jenna and I will, excuse me, Jenna and I both love golf and each other so much. I love golf a bit more, but she helps and plays with me sometimes and would love to celebrate with you both. If you can make it, please RSVP by emailing me. Your family or plus one are invited as well. If not, perhaps some golf when you travel this way. Omaha is, for now, the Corn Ferry regular season finale. It would be good for you to cover it. Side note, I used to work for the Bucks. Shout out to the Bucks. I'm happy to swap PGA for NBA stories. Okay, last thing, I would like to pitch a drop zone segment. Liv grabs all the attention as they battle the PGA, but what about EA Sports versus 2K? For the first time in 2023, we'll have two PGA Tour video games each with different pros and cons to them thanks for your time best ian and jenna fox i think the only way i could go to this wedding is if i demand to officiate it (laughs) you are kind of an expert in that um but wow i mean what a what a gesture first of all it's great to know that Nebraska feels about the drop zone the same way the drop zone feels about Nebraska. Um, actually <laughs> ran into someone not making this up on the grounds this week who was saying, you know what? You guys need to mount a trip to Nebraska. There's so much cool golf stuff happening there. You and Sean should go. So maybe when we do, Sean, maybe there's a maybe there's a way that we stop in and see our pals. Just won't be for their wedding, unfortunately. Uh, but thank you guys. We love you. We we wish you many happy tidings. Yeah, exactly. And hey, you know, you'll celebrate your anniversary every October, very close to the time that Dylan celebrates his anniversary. So you can feel even closer to the drop zone through that. Um, all right, Dylan, time for you to go get some fast food and recap uh, your Sunday night at the President's Cup. Enjoy it, buddy. 
Uh, I appreciate that. Shout out to Sharon, who I saw today. Another big Drop Zone listener. Um, she said she would, she was wearing her Drop Zone t-shirt. So shout out to Sharon. Of course, shout out to RadmoreGolf.com. Code Drop Zone. But I mean, great week. We'll see you next week and then also in two years. 